For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. All this week, we'll be talking with Reverend Michael Hall. Michael, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, as many uh, may know, is the Director of Training for Reformed Youth Ministries. So Michael and I are co-workers, even though he's all the way up in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I am in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, Michael, why don't you, before you tell us a little bit more about what you do for Director of Training uh, at RYM, why don't you just just give us a little bit of your history and youth ministry, uh, the churches you worked at prior to coming on staff at RYM, and a little bit about your family and all that good stuff. Sounds great. Um, so I am married to but one wife, uh, <laughs> Kirby. Uh, we met at uh, the University of Mississippi, uh, where we both came to faith uh, many moons ago. And uh, we've been married now for 22 years. 22 in, this is one of those things that you're supposed to think about beforehand, right? Yeah, I keep, I keep getting people on this one. I'm sorry. That's right. I shouldn't have even gone there. But uh, <laughs> September of uh, 1995 is when we uh, were married. So it'll be 23 years this coming fall. So 22 years this past fall. Uh, maybe we can edit that out. Anyway, uh, so I've been married to Kirby for uh, the past 22 years. and has uh, been great. And also I've got uh, three kiddos. Um, Mackenzie is my oldest. Uh, she's a sophomore in high school. And then I have two middle school boys. Carter is an eighth grader and John Thomas is a sixth grader. Um, and, uh, they can have stories to tell about uh, growing up as a dad, with, as a youth pastor. Um, uh, but that's my family. Um, I, uh, my first youth, I've been doing youth ministry for about 20 years in three different churches. Uh, first youth pastoral call was in Clemson, South Carolina, and then it was in St. Louis for about seven years before most recently here in Charlottesville, Virginia, up until the summer of 2016. Uh, my role with RYM as director of training um, really focuses in on three areas of RYM's ministry um, that all fall under kind of the training area. Uh, the first is the Youth Leader Training Conference, which is an annual conference we hold now in two locations, Nashville and Paradise, Pennsylvania, just outside of Lancaster, coming in 2019. Um, in addition to the Youth Leader Training component, uh, we have a church internship program, uh, which places college graduates as apprentices in local churches all around the country, um, where they serve for two years full-time with a youth director, youth worker, or pastor, um, learning about ministry, about their gifts and calling, getting experience, and getting some training um, while they're serving as well as they discern uh, God's call in their life. Uh, the third broad area is kind of in coaching and consulting. Uh, I will work with individual youth leaders through all kinds of various situations they may call and ask questions about their ministry, questions about uh, ideas they're having, uh, and often in the pastoral area, I can be um, an accessible person outside of their local context to call with questions. They're struggling uh, with any number of things. And uh, sometimes it's hard to talk about your struggles with folks right there in your immediate context. So uh, while that's sometimes the hardest 
thing about my job. It's what I feel uh, that I love the most is being accessible and available to people. So um, there's the training component, uh, the internship program, um, and kind of the coaching, consulting, pastoral care side of things. Um, so my focus really is the youth leader. Um, and, uh, and all things that we do that are focused on the youth leader typically have a lot to do with me and the various ministries I'm directing and developing. Yeah. And so as you can tell, those who are listening, Michael is a pretty busy guy. Um, he, he does a lot and gets pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, but obviously appreciate your work and it's, it's just awesome to be able to get to talk to a coworker uh, today on the local youth worker. Um, so you'd, you'll be the first, I guess, technically, you know, we had Joe Deegan on, but he wasn't technically an RWAM staff member. And we didn't even know he was going to be coming on, um, at the time that I sat down with him. So you're kind of the first official uh, co-worker that I've gotten to interview. So anyway, excited about that. As many people who listen to the show, and Michael, I know you you listen as well, we ask um, some basic questions of all youth workers. And so I thought we would do that with you today, and hopefully we'll have you back on the show one of these days and we can talk about some other things. But let's uh, do the basic five questions with you. Uh, so today, uh, Michael, what's the best thing you've done in youth ministry as you think back over your 20 years or so of youth ministry at the various churches and all that what, what comes to mind when yeah you, know, you get that question i'm listening to the podcast um it's something that I, I basically do almost every day as i head into the quote-unquote office so answering the question um i feel like uh a lot of the ideas that i've thought of i've been very affirmed by other people's quote-unquote best things um so i will uh so i've had to kind of think through like oh people already said that but um uh, that that doesn't mean that I've done a bunch of great things, but I'm going to say uh, the one that, that I, if I had to commit to one, I would say uh, the best thing I did in youth ministry as a youth pastor uh, from early on um, was actually something I didn't do. And it was a commitment to not being uh, the leader of what I call hyperactive youth ministry or, or fireworks youth ministry. Uh, and what I mean by that is I, I tried to commit to doing um, a few things well. I tried to decide what, or I, or I did decide uh, what are the most important things to do in the ministry that we really believe are going to invest in the hearts and lives of students and families. And let's try to do those well rather than trying to um, lean too heavily on too much activity. Uh, uh, and that was great counsel I got as a, as a seminary student from a, um, a guy who's now a pastor was a youth pastor for a number of years, uh, Mark Davis, who's now in Texas. Um, he gave me a lot of good kind of counsel early on as I was considering a call to youth ministry. And that was something that uh, that he and a couple others, Chris Polsky, who's now in St. Louis, pastor in a church, some guys that gave me some good counsel. And it's so easy in youth ministry um, to do too much uh, and, uh, and not trust the slow and steady path. So um, I suppose we can unpack that some, but yeah, I mean that, that's that's a very good point um, because I mean, like you said, the fireworks kind of youth ministry that that kind of seemed like you know that that that's what youth ministry was to so many people. A lot of activity, a lot of programs, a lot of stuff to make it look like you're busy and students are busy and you've got a an excellent ministry. And so to yeah, focus on a few things well. Um, I think that's that's vitally important um, because no doubt there you know some people out there listening to this who might uh, be in that kind of youth ministry uh, that's just so busy and uh, keeping students busy. Uh, but it's good to be reminded uh, to to do a few things well. Sure, and 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 if you were to look at right, and if you were to look at the ministries I was leading from the outside looking in, you might not necessarily feel that it met it that met that description. Um, so 
it's important to think like you can even do a lot of activity that are quote unquote good activities. You could be teaching the Bible on Sunday mornings, teaching the Bible on Sunday nights, having a small group midweek, and then having two other Bible studies before a couple of schools. And, and those are good things. We want to teach the Bible, right? But at the same time, you do that for a few semesters and you find out that you can't remember your, you know, your second child's name, you're exhausted, um, you aren't sleeping, and you don't like studying to, to prepare for Bible studies because you're exhausted. So, um, you know, it, it's committing to a regular routine uh, of, of means of grace combined with opportunities to build community. Um, it's really kind of three, you know, kind of three categories, teaching the Bible, um, period, uh, that was always kind of my large group on Sunday mornings. Uh, I've been blessed to be in three different churches that almost had simul- uh, similar kind of routines. But we had a Sunday morning, which is where we would always teach the Bible, either going through a book of the Bible or a character from the Bible or a topic from the Bible. But it was, we were always opening the Bible and going through it. Um, and then we would have some sort of small group ministry, uh, began a small group study at my first church. And then in the next two churches I was in, they already had one, but I, I developed and and grew them a little bit in terms of their structures, but that's where we would spend less less time, quote unquote, studying the Bible. It doesn't mean we wouldn't study the Bible. We also tried to inherit in invest in more of a discipleship model that said, hey, we want to share life together. Uh, we want to share um, uh, prayer together for and with one another. Um, we want to share space together, like have time together, but we also want to study the Bible together. And all four of those components would happen uh, through the course of a semester. Some weeks would be heavier in the study. Some weeks would be heavier in the in the sharing space together. Um, and then there was always kind of a, a weekly element that was just deliberately fellowship. You know, how do you how do you get a group to hang out together uh, and study the Bible and be be close to one another when they only spend you know an hour and a half a week with one another? Now some some church context, you know, the kids are together a lot at school and stuff, but every church I've been in, you know, the kids are together on Sunday, but then they scattered anywhere from, you know, six to 16 to 26 different schools and communities and neighborhoods. Uh, and it's hard to build community. So you have to build in, if you're going to define yourself as a, as a unique community, you have to find space for that. So those three pieces of the puzzle were really the, the hub in the middle of the wheel, kind of Sunday morning, Bible teaching, small group, uh, kind of worship component, which in all three of these churches was a, was a piece of the Sunday night component. Um, which there would be some teaching, kind of low-key teaching, but the main goal for those was to create space for them to build some relationships. Yeah, I think I think that's important to hear. Um, I mean, all that that you said is, is excellent and good, and I think in a lot of our circles, typically there is emphasis on the preaching and teaching of the Word, uh, which is vitally important, but sometimes we can sacrifice fellowship uh, for that, and they both are important. I mean, obviously we, we definitely want to emphasize the preaching of the word. Um, but sometimes, I mean, as the, the ministry I got into and I inherited this from somebody else, um, since they, uh, on Sunday, students were in Sunday school, Sunday morning worship and Sunday evening worship. Um, they determined that Sunday afternoon fellowship and Sunday evening fellowship, uh, would just be kind of, uh, some things with junior high and senior high where the emphasis was on fellowship since they had had teaching, uh, so consistently that day. So all that to say fellowship is important. So that's, that's good. Michael, do you have anything else? Yeah, I would just say also, you know, in addition to kind of that weekly routine, I mean, we definitely did, you know, there's always kind of a, a special event in the fall, a special event in the spring. Um, you know, my very first church, um, when I arrived there, they said, hey, there's this thing called RYM. So I took them to a group of RYM. That's where it all kind of started. Um, and I was kind of invited to go, but having kind of summer events that were, that were, you know, God always shows up in those retreat kind of conference moments, whether it's a, you know, local mission trip or a trip to RYM. 
or a weekend retreat. So doing those things and doing them well and not feeling like they have to be just the most incredible event ever. If you, if you trust in your weekly relationship building, your time in the scriptures, and you're getting to know each other as you're doing all this stuff together, then the retreats can actually have a lot of margin in them to, to be more relational around the teaching you're doing. Um, and it'll actually build on uh, that, that slow and steady movement. And it's, and it's hard to trust that God's at work in these regular means of grace. Um, and of course, uh, around all of this stuff uh, is, is a commitment to um, trying to meet kids on their turf, so to speak, you know, the old contact ministry stuff. So I, when I say that I tried to limit things, I'm, I'm thinking about things that you're programming, but there was always a, every week, you know, who am I going to reach out to? Who am I going to connect with this week? Um, and I'll say one more thing, because again, as people who do know me, um, yeah, please you know do. me, these, these brief podcasts, uh, I could go for an hour on each of these questions um, with very little effort. Um, <laughs> uh, but I want to say one thing, um, uh, a good thing that I've done for a long time, um, and, and it, sometimes it would come and grow in seasons, but with reference to contact ministry, a lot of times guys will think in order to do good contact ministry, I have to be with a student for four hours, you know. And I think some of the best contact ministry are when you go to see a play or a soccer game and they never knew you were even there. Um, and you see them afterwards and say, man, I watched you play. That was great. You were there. I'm not saying you should avoid them, but sometimes you need to sneak in, sneak out because you got you only have a little bit of time um, and you can do those things on your way home. Uh, and the second little thing about contact ministry that I think has been very beneficial is is. Believe me when I say it, snail mail is awesome contact ministry. You may think, wait, I'm not actually with them. But when you, I would always hand, uh, home make uh, some postcards with like my face against the Xerox machine or my hand on the Xerox <laughs> machine. And I would, you know, make these postcards out of them and I'd send it to them. Yeah. Like the one that I did for a long time was like my hand. Um, and I was like, I just, you know, reaching out to give you a high five. It's a simple three sentence postcard. It comes in the mail. I was thinking about you. I knew you had a test this week or was great, uh, you know, hanging out with you Sunday morning or, I just love, you know, something simple that says I'm thinking about you. It shows up in the mail midweek and no one gets mail anymore. Um, and, uh, and those kind of personalized approaches to that, super cheap, super fun. You can sit in your office on Monday and, and do three or four or five of them, especially the kids who are hard to get to. They're super hyperactive. They're doing a ton of activity. And that's contact ministry. You're making a contact outside of a program with a student, and, and it can truly make huge investments with a little bit of efforts. So, um, yeah, that'd be the one little thing I'd say in terms of good things I've done that I've been seeing a lot of uh, positive returns on over the years. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Michael. And I, I think somebody, somebody has said something similar to that, but different um, uh, than, than what you just said, but as far as emphasizing the, the snail mail and I, and I've said, if, if I listed the worst things I've done, that is definitely one of them. I, I never was good at sending out snail mail, but you're right. I mean, that's a huge contact that can go a long way, especially, you know, in light of a very digital culture, uh, that, you know, isn't getting snail mail as frequently. Um, so Michael, that's really good stuff. Thanks for that, man. 